Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. It is uh, 28 May. 2017. It's Sunday. It's time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And uh, I I just feel like we should probably lift up our president once again, as we did last week. So, Heavenly Father, here we are in uh, your presence, and uh, we thank you for the successful trip that our president had. There were some ups. There were some downs. There are people that don't like what he said, and uh, even among Christians, there are people that disagree with what he's doing. But he has made some right choices, and he is... Uh, Uh, hopefully pursuing you in his heart. And we would pray that that would be the case and that you would continue to uh, be with him and guide him. And Lord, we also want to thank you in remembrance of the uh, veterans, because tomorrow is, I'm sorry, Memorial Day. Yes, the veterans that gave their lives, not veterans, the soldiers who gave their lives in, in, in order to help us to live freely. And we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for what they did and that supreme sacrifice that they gave so that we could live in this land. And above all, we want to thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ, our Lord, who gave himself for all of mankind and redeemed us from sin. And we thank you for that. We thank you for what it means in our lives. And we want to just exalt him forever. So we love you and we praise you. We do this in his name. Amen. We uh, have a couple of uh, things to announce before we actually get into the uh, Prophecy Update today. Uh, The first is that at the end of each of the videos for the past three or four weeks, I've included a video from Sergio and Rhoda, which has been from Israel. I've actually made it a part of this uh, Prophecy Update, and I'm not going to do that. What we're going to do instead in the future is he's got that uploaded on a YouTube channel, and at the end of the Prophecy Update, there will be a link that you can click on to go directly to his video. And there's a reason why he's doing that is because he plays music during the Prophecy Update. And even though it's royalty-free, there are times where you get, um, they will just say that this is uh, copyright and they will take your video down. And he doesn't want that to happen to the update. And so in order to ensure that doesn't, at the end of the video, we will continue to have, uh, they'll be in Nazareth today, Um, you just want to get to the end of the video and click on the link that he provides, and that'll take you there, and that'll just take care of any problems with that. As far as iTunes, I was talking last week about having the sermons and prophecy updates and et cetera on iTunes, and there was a little confusion. People were saying, well, why would you go to iTunes when we have to pay for it? That is not the case. If it is on iTunes, it will be free. It's just another way of people being able to access the sermons and the uh, prophecy updates and the Bible studies from iTunes rather than um, going to the podcasts which are on the website or watching the YouTube videos. Everything we do in this church is free. We don't charge. We don't monetize any of that kind of stuff because uh, we want the word to get out. And um, the web guy had a whole email for me to read you, and I didn't print it off. And so there are certain things that he wanted me to say. Some of the numbers in the orders of the videos may not be in order right now. There may be some errors. And if there are, please just report them, and we'll get them corrected. But um, there are things like that that he asked me to tell you, which I completely forgot to uh, uh, bring in this morning, so I apologize about that. 
And uh, then we have a couple of people that are visiting here all the way from uh, Washington State today. They walked in this morning and said, we're from Washington State. It's uh, Daryl and Melody Hildebrand. And so uh, it was really wonderful to have you come and make this effort. And they'll be here all the way through next Sunday. So uh, thank you for making this effort. We very much appreciate it. And uh, let's see here. We have uh, somebody to highlight, as I do each week. Um, this is a person that's become, actually, he and his wife have become very good friends of mine because of the Prophecy Update. And uh, their names are Kyle and Shella Rivers. They're in Wilton, California, which is very close to Sacramento. Uh, they say they met a little over 10 years ago while serving in a youth ministry. They've been married almost as long. They have a blended family of seven children, three young adult sons, one teenage daughter, and three small children, and all three of the little children have autism. Kyle is an Army veteran who served honorably from 1994 to 1998 with the 101st and 25th Infantry Divisions. During his time in service, he repaired radios and ComSec equipment. ComSec is um, uh, secure um, communication security equipment. And Shella was an executive admin in Silicon Valley for over 12 years. And then in 2010, she chose to be a stay-at-home mom to care for and educate their youngest children. Although they desire to become missionaries abroad, God instead uses them to witness and serve those whom God puts in their path as a result of their children's autism care and in their community. And they have a desire, and this is something that uh, I hope that the people in California that are close to them will uh, take advantage of this. They have a desire to love and serve others and use their home for the Lord's purposes. And they are offering to open their home for a get-together for families associated with the Superior Word. So if anybody is in their local area, they really want to meet other people that attend in this church online and to uh, get to know you. And uh, so they've made that welcome to people. And I think that's a real wonderful thing. We have a church here in Sarasota, Florida. We have people attending over there and they're asking, let's get anybody else that is in the area. Just come and let's meet, okay? So uh, we send our love right from Sarasota, Florida to Sacramento, California, or actually Wilton, California, which is near Sacramento. Um, our first category, as always, is Israel. And... Um, the, let's see here from Aretz Shiva. We have Belgian ban on Jewish ritual slaughter passes without opposition. Now, this is a couple weeks ago, but this is something that the, apparently the Nazis did before World War II when they were getting ready to uh, start you know, exterminating Jews is they banned the ritual slaughter of animals. And that's a real offense to the Jews because they have to prepare their uh, meat in a certain way and the animal has to die in a certain way. It's very similar to what the Muslims do with their animals. Um, I want to say before I read this article that the way that they kill their animals is far, far more humane than the way anybody else does. They use a very, very sharp knife. They have to cut it in a certain way and that animal starts to bleed to death and it does not even know it's happening unlike the way we process meat in America. So before um, you get this article, I want you to understand that, that this is something that is a part of their culture, it's a part of their heritage, and it is a direct offense against them, and it is purposeful. It's not something that looks out for the animals at all. The Walloon Parliament in southern Belgium voted unanimously to ban the slaughter of unstunned animals. It, it hurts more to stun the animal than it does to just do what they do, a requirement for both kosher and halal ritual slaughter. The last assault on ritual slaughter was in 1940, October, under Nazi occupation because they knew how important it was for the Jews. 
The move in the Walloon region, which is only a few hundred Jews, follows an agreement in March that imposes limitations on ritual slaughter in the Flemish region, where half, one half of Belgium's Jewish population of 40,000 people live. The remaining 20,000 live in Brussels region. So you can see this is one more way that the Jews are going to say, we just need to pack up and head back to uh, the homeland. God has said in Ezekiel 36 through 38 that he would bring them back. Then he's doing it in a multitude of ways, and it is happening. Prophecy is being fulfilled right before our eyes, including something like this. From Wynette, Venezuelan Jews, here's another one, flee impoverished state to Israel. We had this happening last year. It's growing. There has been a Jewish presence in Venezuela since the Moranos, which are Jews living in Iberia, who were forced to convert to Christianity, yet continued to practice Judaism in secret, came to the country in the 17th century. But more and more of the Jews of Venezuela have been making the decision to move to Israel over the past year. Once again, Ezekiel 36 being fulfilled right before our eyes. From Wynette, I'm sorry, from the Algamaner, New Watchdog Report 2016 is the worst year on record for anti-Semitism in Canada. And guess what? That's about a year since that uh, liberal basket case up there uh, was voted into uh, office, and things have just gone very quickly south because of that. And uh, it says, with spikes in Holocaust denial and on-campus hate incidents. So uh, from Jerusalem Post, convicted murderer of six Israelis, this is somebody that was convicted of killing six Israelis in Israel, Israel is elected as Palestinian mayor of Hebron, actually the Palestinian mayor. So they've actually voted in somebody that was a murderer of six Jews in the past. His name is Taysir Abu Snene. The uh, convicted murderer of six Israelis was elected mayor of the West Bank city of Hebron as head of the Fatah party. And he was, once again, we've seen this numerous times, he was released in a prisoner swap in 1983. This guy should have been in uh, Israeli prison for the rest of his life. They did a prisoner swap, and here this person who is proud about what he has done is now a mayor of Hebron. All right, bad stuff. From the Times of Israel, Fakistinian authority lawmaker photographed throwing rocks at Israeli troops. This is an authority within the Fakistinian authority. A Fakistinian authority lawmaker recently took part in violent clashes against Israeli security forces in the West Bank. Fatah party member Jamal Hawil can be seen using a slingshot to hurl rocks at Israeli troops during a riot at Beit El Junction amid large plumes of smoke as well as taking cover behind makeshift barricades alongside other protesters. Hawil tried to downplay the significance of the Fakistinian authority throwing rocks at Israeli soldiers. Here's what he says. It doesn't matter if I throw rocks or not. The entire Fakistinian nation throws rocks. So, of course, you know, he admits it. They're just, they're thugs. Hawil served a six-year prison term for his membership in Fatah's armed wing. And from the Times of Israel, researchers discover a new butterfly species in Israel. It's nothing to do with prophecy. I just thought it was very cool. Uh, for the first time in 109 years, a new species of butterfly has been discovered in Israel and neighboring Syria and Lebanon. So the wonders of the world never cease. The Lord always has something new to show us. From Christian News Today. This is entitled More Diving Boards. I did uh, building diving boards a few weeks ago. 
Um, last Saturday, not yesterday, but the Saturday before, Chris, who goes out with us on mission work, who is not in church today, um, she uh, said, oh, my son and I love to watch the, the diving boards issue. Would you do another one of those? So for her, I will uh, do that today. Let's see here from, and what that means in case you haven't seen this on the Prophecy Update is building diving boards is somebody that willingly jumps into hell. And not only do they willingly do it, but they're building a diving board so they can make a, a dramatic entrance into it. So uh, from Christian News, elderly ex-vicar, that's a priest over in England, marries a male model 54 years younger. He wants the Church of England to move on with the times. So this tells you, this guy was a vicar all those years in the uh, Church of England, and he was obviously a pervert the entire time. And so this is the type of infection that has gotten into these churches over the years. And we have people that are, are influencing younger people, and it just geometrically explodes. This guy's building diving boards. A retired vicar with the COE has wed a young Romanian model, 50 years, 54 years his junior, and now wants the church to get with the times in regard to same-sex relationships. <laughs> Philip Clements, uh, 78, tied the knot to Florin Martin, 24, at the registry office in Ramsgate after meeting on a dating website. I've uh, been a long time looking for you, Florin, and then I found you. Where have you been the last 78 years? Mostly non-existent, he said. I'm still a Christian. He's trying to make a light of this, this guy that's doing this terrible thing. I'm still a Christian, he says, and loyal and faithful to Jesus and his teaching. I think he'll find out that his diving board is spectacular, that he is not faithful to Christ, and that he will not see the kingdom of heaven. I can tell you that right now. Somebody that's throwing this in the face of the Lord. Um, let's see here. He says, um, I think the church needs to move on and to understand life for many in the 21st century, as if this book has no relevance at all, okay? It, as if it has no relevance. From Mail Online, Angel from Hell. Now, this is so bad, I had to cut out the words that used to describe what this woman has done. This is, this is so appalling, I couldn't believe it. None is arrested for helping five priests sexually abuse dozens of deaf children in Argentinian Catholic school after the victim said she made her wear a diaper to cover up her horrific injuries. Okay, this lady's name is Kosaka Kumiko. She is building a diving board. She's 42 years old. She was charged with helping the priests with very vulgar language, which I cannot repeat, which were allegedly committed in the bathrooms, dormitories, garden, and basement at the school in Lejeune de Cuyo, a city about 620 miles northeast of Buenos Aires. So not only it's her, but all of the priests that are involved with her. They're all building their diving boards off to the, to the lake of fire. It's, it's so sad to see what's going on within what we would call Christian circles. And I know the Catholic Church has departed from Christianity, but they, when the world looks at the church, they see the Pope and they think, well, he's a Christian and he represents all Christians. So things like this reflect on us, whether, whether they're Christians or not. From Christian News, UMC, United Methodist Church Minister, facing possible discipline for officiating same-sex ceremony. Okay, once again, they got away from the Word of God. They have the Book of Discipline. You can amend the Book of Discipline. You cannot amend the Word of God. And uh, so people are taking advantage of this in order to get their foot in the door so that the Book of Discipline will be amended. Uh, Anna Bledel, the Executive Director of the University's Wesley Student Center, which is the University of Iowa, presided over the ceremony in Oklahoma despite knowledge that doing so is forbidden by the United Methodist Book of Discipline. Once again, 
if you hold to this, you won't have this problem. But they have a book of discipline, and they know that it can be amended, and so they're doing these things on purpose. The board of directors over the Wesley Student Center supports Bledel and confirms that it is rather the UMC policies that are incompatible with Christian teaching. So these people that she works for are saying that the, the church is wrong, that the Bible is wrong, that Christ and his word is defective. That's what they're saying. Uh, we find the UMC's continued discrimination and harm of the LGBTQ, LMNOP community through actions such as this complaint to be incompatible with Jesus' teaching. They've obviously never picked this book up and read it one time, not once. The board said, such a complaint and such policies have no place in a denomination professing to have open hearts, open minds, and open doors. This is not the first time a complaint has been filed against Bledel. In August, she declared before the Iowa UMC's annual conference that she herself is a lesbian. So they should have gotten rid of her immediately, even according to their book of discipline, much less the word of God. And yet they have continued to have her in here, and she's taking these things and putting them right in the face of people that have morality left in them. It's really sad what's going on. Yeah, a split's coming for the UMC, certainly. It's just like what's happened with the Presbyterian Church and one denomination after another. Either that or they just go completely overboard and the people go with them. But uh, from time, this guy is building the diving board of all diving boards. Dope Francis says, sex abuse survivor is a bit right to complain about a 2,000 case backlog. In other words, somebody complained to him. He was uh, out doing his popey stuff, and somebody came and they said, you, you need to, uh, to address these things that are going on in the church. And she said there are 2,000 cases in backlog of pervert priests and nuns which have abused people, which have done these things. And he says, well, this person is a little bit right. This person is entirely right. There should not be one in the backlog. They should, as soon as somebody is... Uh, charged with these offenses, they should be taken out of the priesthood and eliminated. But this shows you how bad it's become in the Catholic Church. 2,000. Now think of that. 2,000 that have been identified, how many haven't? And then think of how many children have been abused. If you have one priest that's abused 25 or 30 children, you're talking about hundreds of thousands of children by the time you're done with this. Very sad. Dope Francis said the Vatican has a 2,000 case backlog in processing clerical sex abuse cases and admits criticism of the slow pace is justified. But he says more staff are being added and the Vatican is on the right path. Francis was making his first comments about the criticism leveled at the Vatican's handling of sex abuse cases by Marie Collins, an Irish abuse survivor who resigned from France's sex abuse commission in March. Collins quit because of what she called unacceptable resistance in the Vatican to implementing the group's proposals to better care for victims and protect children. Francis called Collins a great woman and said she was a little bit right to complain about the slow pace in processing cases. They ought to be gone. They ought to just get rid of them and then process their case instead of allowing these things to fester. From World Net Daily, somebody I normally do not like to... Uh, uh, mentioned because they have so many unreliable articles, but this one is correct. Um, Christian pastor in Bible Belt admits personally worshiping Allah. Okay, this guy's building a diving board. A former church has been taken over and converted to a mosque in a rural North Carolina county, and a group of Christian pastors, or supposed Christian pastors, took part in the conversion ceremony in an effort to show mutual respect for their Muslim neighbors. Reverend Jim Melnick, 
pastor of the St. Paul's Episcopal Church, no surprise there, in Smithfield said he was joined by pastors from the UMC, which is United Methodist Church, the United Church of Christ, and three different Baptist congregations. Melnick said Christianity and Islam share common origins and scriptures, completely false, and that he felt it was the right thing to do to participate in the mosque opening as a show of respect for Islam, a fellow monotheistic faith. Christians, Jews, and Muslims are all people of the book. That is untrue. We all claim what the Hebrew scriptures call the Abrahamic faith. That is untrue. We call it the Old Testament, and Muslims also call the Bible uh, despite being imperfect, the Islamic faith worships the same God, he says, as Christianity and Judaism. It's impossible. It's logically impossible that we worship the same God. If you want to come to a Bible study sometime and I'll talk to you about it, it is impossible. I'll give you one point right now. The highest sin in Islam is the sin of shirk. It's the unpardonable sin. It's to say that God has taken to himself any partners, meaning a son. It's, it's, a, uh, uh, it's against the idea of the Trinity, in other words. The principle, the principal tenet of Christianity is what? That God has a son and he sent him to die for our sins. It is impossible that they worship the same God, unless this is a very confused God, which he's not. So this guy's obviously building a diving board. Um, he says, um, uh, obviously, I'm a Christian, he says, and I would not live comfortably within the full teachings of Islam but I can recognize where we share teachings and recognize the call to treat one another mercifully as the one God treats us mercifully, and that translates equally into Christianity as well as it does to Islam. So he went to this mosque for its thing, and they had their prayers together, which is in violation of Scripture. You are never to mix your prayers with somebody of another religion. By doing that, you are implicitly condoning their religion. Everybody understand that? If you pray with a Mormon or if you pray with a Buddhist or a Muslim, you are condoning their religion in their eyes. You have sinned against God. You are never to do that. But this guy, he is not a Christian. I think I may have said this in a prophecy update before, and I may not have. But the reason why we have all of these apostate preachers in here goes back to the Vietnam War. These people were cowards, which the Bible on the last page of the uh, of the book of Revelation says the cowards will not enter the kingdom of heaven. They will, they're outside with the dogs. But anyway, um, these people did not want to serve their country. And so the, the way they got away with not serving their country was to join theological seminaries. They could get a theology degree. Nobody is going to force them to leave that. And they did not believe in the God of the Bible. And they had since that time graduated and gone into churches. And they have brought Christianity, especially the mainline denominational churches, down to a state of utter disgust in the eyes of the Lord. Read the book of Revelation, chapters 2 and 3, where he speaks to the seven churches, and it's written all over there how he feels about what we are doing in our churches today by not honoring Christ. These people are all building diving boards. And speaking of building diving boards, Islam today. Um, weasel zippers revealed the ISIS plot to poison Western food supplies. Kind of makes you feel good, doesn't it? ISIS is conducting chemical weapons experiments on human guinea pigs before launching attacks on Western targets, according to secret documents. The extremist group has reportedly poisoned prisoners by spiking their food and water with compounds used in pesticides that are easy to obtain. Security forces now fear the terror network may hatch a twisted plot to contaminate Western food supplies with formulas that quickly dissolve in liquid. The experiments were recorded in a stash of papers found hidden in Mosul University, 
after Iraqi special forces recaptured the city from ISIS fighters. They revealed one victim was fed thallium sulfate, a colorless, tasteless salt that can be dissolved in water, and began to fe uh, suffer fever, nausea, and swelling of the stomach and brain before dying in agony 10 days later. Terrorists also injected a nicotine-based compound said to have no antidote into another victim who passed out within seconds and died hours later. And I have thought this for years, even before I really uh, uh, had thought anything about how these things fit into a Bible prophecy, is that if you go around America and you stop at a gas station, who inevitably owns it? Muslims. And all they need to do is send out their little report and say it's time to poison the milk supply. And they just inject it into a carton of milk and sell it off that morning, and you are going to have sick people everywhere. And this is something that it just dawned on me one time. I have no doubt that they are planning this type of a thing where they can dump a lot of water into the gas. The, the gas tanks don't work anymore. They've got a lot of gas stations in this nation, and I don't think it's by accident. So we need to watch that. Buy your milk somewhere else. Mail online. UK schools urged to show sensitivity to Muslim pupils by moving GCSE and A-level revision classes and rescheduling days, uh, sport days for Ramadan. They're completely caving it. They've completely done away with anything Christian in these schools. You can't even mention Jesus over there. But they're saying that we need to accommodate these Muslim students for Ramadan, right? This is a voluntary choice of theirs. They can worship on that month or they can eat during the day like normal people, whatever. Pupils, uh, to be told, Islam does not require them to put their futures in jeopardy. Like I said, this is a voluntary choice and they don't have this in Malaysia. They go to school, they go to work. I lived there for three years and I saw how they live. They do this all over the world. Why would England decide that they need to be an exception when they're supposedly not even a Muslim nation? But they are caving to this political correctness. Ramadan falls in the middle of the GCSE and A-level exam period. It means thousands of pupils could face sitting tests with empty stomachs. Get out your violins, folks. Schools have been urged to move revision classes and reschedule sports days. They've also been asked to provide prayer rooms during the period. Insane. Insane. All right, I got a whole bunch of titles for you. Breitbart. British police making terrorist arrests on nearly daily basis as expert estimates 10,000 UK jihadis. That was on 429. Apparently it wasn't enough because they had that killing there. Having said that, one of my friends posted this morning, and he's absolutely right, 20-some uh, people were blown up in Manchester, and it made all of the news all around the world. But guess what? We had 20-some people shot to death, Coptic Christians, and other than Fox News, I don't think anybody's reported on this. It's just completely, so there is a complete double standard in what's going on in the world today is that you can target Christians all day long, but you can't target people that are going to a concert. And, you know, I, I just don't understand what's going on anymore. But here we go. J-Post, Swiss government says threat of extremist attack remains at heightened level from Zero Hedge. German migrant crime spiked in 2016, although non-Germans make up approximately 10% of the overall German population, they account for 30.5% of all crime suspects in the country in 2016. So that means that 10% are making 30%, which is like geometrically higher numbers. It's, it's like if you have 2% um, of the population does something and they do 20% of it, it's actually 2,000%, if you know what I'm saying. So it's, it's way, way out of proportion there. Gatestone, Germany confiscating homes to use for migrants. 
from Jews News, Angela Merkel declares Islam is not the source of terrorism, but the Christians who make Muslims feel angry because of Islamophobia. So it's our fault that they're blowing us up, okay? Uh, Mail Online, Germany agrees to ban female civil servants, judges, and soldiers from wearing the full-face burqa at work. Well, that, that seems so obvious, that, and I think the only reason why she agreed to this is because she's up for election again. And afterwards, she's probably going to let them come back in their full-face veils, but it's insane. It's, who would say that you can have a full-face veil in a government office? Whatever. Um, let's see. Uh, Zero Hedge, the map they don't want you to see. Go on to Zero Hedge, and you can look at the map. Nations with the most refugees have the most terror attacks. Duh. NBC, TSA report warns against truck ramming attacks by terrorists. So the TSA is warning you to watch out for getting run over by terrorists. All right. Instead of allowing us to have this ban, which is totally normal, totally reasonable, we've got the courts allowing these people to come in, and then we have to be warned that these people that are coming in want to run us over. Okay, let's see. NBC, I read that one. American Military News, Austria bans full-face burkas. We'll find women who wear them. Good job, Austria. From CBS, clockboy discrimination lawsuit dismissed by federal judge. Okay, he uh, had lost at the lower level. They appealed to the federal judge. He uh, uh, dismissed it. His case went up in smoke. Good job. All right, Mongolia today. Um, I call this French fries and spare parts. And the reason why is because I have two articles. They're both very short. And uh, so from Aki Press, Mongolia to export potatoes to Japan. This year, a total of 458 thousand hectares of land planned to be cultivated nationwide. Prime Minister Erdin Bat said during the meeting with farmers that Japanese companies submitted an order to purchase potatoes from Mongolia. Currently, we have sent two samples, and both of them meet the standard of Japan. Good news. From Aki Press, uh, Mongolia performs its first animal-to-animal heart transplant. A group of surgeons have successfully performed the first animal-to-animal heart transplant of Mongolia at the First Medical Center. In recent years, the First Medical Center is implementing a program to adopt and modify techniques of organ transplantation and stem cell by experimenting on animals. Four patients who are suffering from end-stage heart disease will be saved if the heart transplant program is passed in Mongolia. So they're experimenting on an animal in order to save human life. Daniel 12 Technology Today from New Scientist. Artificial intelligence can doctor videos. I remember we did the one on um, voices recently. Just speak a couple words and they can make you say anything with that program now. They now have it for video. AI uh, can doctor videos to put words in the mouth of speakers. A new system takes a still image. All you need is a still image of my ugly face and you can do this. Um, Still image of a person and audio clip and uses them to create a doctored video of the person speaking the audio. The results are still a little rough around the edges, but it could soon make realistically fake videos only one click away. It works by first identifying uh, facial features using face recognition algorithms. As the audio clip plays, the system then manipulates the mouth of the person in the still image so that it looks as if they are speaking. Very little pre-processing is required, and so it can be done in real time. 
This isn't the first system to automatically adjust images to new audio, but others have needed large amounts of video work to do it. Like Hollywood, they can do that. It takes a ton of work. That's no longer the case. They would pair up the way a person's mouth moved when they made different sounds and then use that part of the image in edited footage. At the moment, these systems focus on changing the shape of the mouth, but it's only a matter of time before they can also change facial expressions and posture. Given enough time, experts can already create fake videos, almost indistinguishable from genuine ones. AI tools are making the process so quick and easy that eventually almost anybody, anybody, if you've got a computer, could do it. This could cast doubt on the reliability of video evidence when it comes to court cases. Any more video evidence that you have, uh, you know, people doing this and that, and they've used it in court, pretty soon that's not even going to be possible. All they have to do is have somebody on the, uh, the uh, defense come in with a video that shows something different, which is the same scene, throw it out. This is really serious stuff here. Mail online, Star Wars holograms. Remember they pushed R2, R2-D2 and out came that hologram, and she talked to it, okay? Star Wars holograms move a step closer. Scientists reveal world's thinnest floating images that are 1,000 times narrower than a human hair. Scientists have struggled to make holograms thin enough to work in electronics, but now have developed a new topological insulator material which sits as a film on the 25 nanometer wide hologram, resonating the light. Experts believe the hologram could be used to create pop-up 3D holograms on smartphones, TVs, and computers. We're right there, and this is something that I watched when I was a little boy. I remember I went with Dad and my two brothers, and Dad fell asleep watching Star Wars, and we were sitting there riveted, you know? It was just, and now they're actually working on this. Revelation plagues today from the Courier. First try antibiotics now fail in one of four adult pneumonia cases. We have antibiotics that are no longer working because we have used them too much and we've built up resistance to them. The first prescription of an antibiotic that the average U.S. adult with pneumonia receives is now ineffective in about a quarter of the cases. In these cases, more or different antibiotics were needed or the patient's condition worsened to require ER admission or hospitalization within a month of the antibiotics being taken. The results are becoming concerning because pneumonia is the leading cause of death from infectious disease in the United States. The additional antibiotic therapy noted in the study increases the risk of antibiotic resistance and complications like C. difficile infection, which is difficult to treat and may be life-threatening, especially for older adults. Bad stuff. We're right at the end of the uh, church age, I think. Uh, I don't want to speculate too much, but I think we're right there. Look what's going to happen during the tribulation period. Uh, from Mail Online, the scariest superbug on the CDC's radar has hit five new states in just two weeks and shows no sign of letting up, officials warn. A superbug fungus, Candida auris, which I reported on a couple months ago, is on the CDC's radar after sweeping across U.S. hospitals. At the end of April, U.S. officials said there had been 66 cases since 2013. As of May 12th, that figure had rocketed up to 77 in seven states across the United States. The yeast is resistant to most mainline treatments, and it has a 60% mortality risk. If that gets into the general population, it is going to be catastrophic. From Morality this week, from the Sydney Morning Herald, which is in Australia, by the way, American, or the AMA, which is a Sydney, um, uh, you know, um, medical group, 
The AMA throws its weight behind same-sex marriage, declares it a health issue. The nation's most powerful doctors group has thrown its weight behind the same-sex marriage for the first time, declaring it a public health issue and calling on politicians to the end the divisive debate. After a global warming issue. Yeah, it's a global warming issue, right? It's, it's insane. These people are just, they're, they're insane. After a 14-year internal tussle, the Australian Medical Association will issue a new policy position paper that states excluding same-sex couples from marriage has significant mental and physical health consequences and contributes to high suicide rates in the gay community. That's already been proven false before they submit it. They have shown that it is a dysfunctional lifestyle and the gays naturally are inclined to killing themselves because they know they are violating the proper and straight way which God has created in males and females. This is a lie and yet they're throwing their weight behind it. The AMA's move will put renewed pressure on Mr. Turnbull, who is their PM over there, to stare down the right wing of his party and allow a free vote in the parliament. While Mr. Turnbull personally supports a free vote, coalition policy remains a, to hold a public plebiscite, even though the parliament has blocked that plan. Dr. Gannon said the prolonged divisive public debate about marriage equality had damaging effects and the parliament should legislate for same-sex marriage as soon as possible. Exactly what the Bible would say when immorality and wickedness would increase, and we're seeing it right before our eyes, nation after nation after nation. Instead of saying, you know what? I, I, I'm gay or I'm a, a alcoholic or whatever, but I'm going to put myself behind this word and I'm going to stand on it despite my whatever my uh, limitation is. I'm a drug addict. I'm this. I'm that. Instead of saying I am yielding this to Christ, it's become Christ is going to yield to me and it doesn't work that way. I'm so sad to even read these articles from the unfiltered patriot. Oklahoma lawmakers officially declare abortion to be murder. Thank goodness. In a resolution, it will have little to no effect on actual legal policy in the state. The Oklahoma House of Representatives passed a resolution that officially declared abortion to be the murder of an innocent human being. In the resolution, lawmakers in the body made it clear that all human life is protected by God's law and the highest laws of the land. The resolution says the Constitution of the United States mandates that no State shall deprive any human being of life, liberty, or the pursuit of happiness without due process of law, nor deny any human being within its jurisdiction the equal protections of the laws. In the resolution, Oklahoma lawmakers declared every public official in Oklahoma, including but not limited to sheriffs, district attorneys, judges and justices, the attorney general, and the governor, is directed to exercise their authority as appropriate in their respective jurisdictions to stop the murder of innocent unborn children by abortion. Thank goodness for reason in that state. Thank goodness. It's such a rare thing in this world. And uh, I just saw, I don't want to get too far ahead of it, but apparently um, we have a governor race coming up uh, very soon in Florida. And um, Rick Scott, I guess you have, we have a term limit here. He's out. Is that correct? Okay. Because I've been seeing somebody named Adam Putnam yeah. coming up. He is, I, the first thing I saw about this guy, anti-abortion. And I said, I'm going to check this guy out. And I've, he's, he's, he seems like a normal brained person. So at this point, we're going to stand behind Adam Putnam for governor of the state of Florida. All right. Anything is better than anybody on the left. Anything. But we'll, we'll hope that this guy turns out to be a good person that will uh, support that issue above all else. Because a nation 
and a country and a state and a local district. These things cannot stand when we are murdering unborn children. It cannot stand. All right, from the Telegraph. Telling women, this is in England, not to drink during pregnancy is sexist. Yes, pregnancy charities and research. Yeah, what, what do you tell the child that grows up with fetal alcohol syndrome, right? Pregnancy charities and researchers have called for a change to the alarmist official government guidelines which warn expectant mothers to avoid alcohol completely. They say the policy has no basis in evidence and ends up stigmatizing women and excluding them from society. So there you go. That's England. Our other category, a couple articles, um, one very long one. It'll be a little depressing, but um, I just wanted to read this to you from McClatchy, D.C., um, oh, I got three articles. The first one is just a title, Trump Talks Terrorism While Europe Shouts Climate Change. So good job on our president with that one because climate change, as far as I'm concerned, can go right out the window. Um, okay, two articles here on the same subject. Mail Online, audiences cry as the world-famous Ringling Brothers in Barnum and Bailey Circus performs its final show, ending its 146-year history of big-top entertainment. My son-in-law went to that in New York, and it, it was a real moving experience for him. The ringmaster led a course of Auld Lang Syne after the circus's very last show. So that's the end of that. It's very, very um, near and dear to people in Sarasota because Ringling Brothers and Barnum & Bailey Circus is based out of Sarasota for years and years and years. We have the Ringling Museum. John Ringling's home cut is on is here. We've got all kinds of Ringling uh, things going on in Sarasota, and that is all going the way of the dodo. Zero Hedge, the final show of the greatest country on earth. On May 31st, 1866, John C. Ringling was born in Iowa to German immigrants in what felt like an extremely bleak year. The chaos and devastation from the Civil War had ended in 1865 were still keenly felt, and the U.S. economy was in the midst of a deep recession. The country was still shaken from the assassination of Abraham Lincoln, and the new president, Andrew Johnson, was embroiled in a major political crisis with Congress that would soon lead to his impeachment. No doubt those were some of the darkest days in U.S. history. And it would have been hard for Mr. and Mrs. Ringling to imagine a bright future for their children. But John and four of his brothers went on to be the most successful circus empire in modern history, the Ringling Brothers in Barnum and Bailey Circus, known as... I typed this on Tuesday. This only happened during two Prophecy Updates. I was in tears through the entire Prophecy Update. I'm sorry if I don't handle this well. It was known as the greatest show on earth. They didn't hold anything back. Lions, tigers, elephants. The Ringling Brothers were also masters of efficient logistics. Like Ray Kroc, in Henry Ford, the brothers developed an assembly line approach to the construction, deconstruction, and transportation of their event so that they could swiftly move from town to town. It was a spectacle itself simply to see their train of railways, cars packed with exotic animals stretching on for mile after mile. Their circus was considered the ultimate in entertainment back then. John Ringling became one of the wealthiest men in America as a result of this success. It seemed like the empire would last forever, but it didn't. After peaking in the Roaring Twenties, the circus took a major hit during the Great Depression that effectively bankrupt John Ringling, the sole surviving brother. 
At the time of his death in 1936, in fact, Ringling had only, and they say $5,500. That's not correct. He had $300 in the bank account. $5,500 in the bank is adjusted for $2017. There was $300 in his bank account. I know that because I went on the tour. The uh, circus limped along in the Depression and barely made it through World War II. Towards the end of the war in 1944, right before they thought their luck would turn, the circus had a major accident in Hartford, which is in Connecticut, in which the tent, fire, the tent caught fire, killing 167 people. That nearly bankrupt the company a second time, and several executives went to jail for negligence. In the decades that followed, American consumers' tastes changed. Television, movies, and music were far more interesting than circus performers. And Ringling Brothers went into terminal decline. You'll know why I'm so upset in a minute. Fast forward to the age of Facebooks and YouTube and there simply wasn't a whole lot left in the circus that was exotic or interesting anymore. Not to mention the animal rights issues. So yesterday, the greatest show on earth, Elda's so, so, final performance in Uniondale, New York, after 146 years in the business. Century ago, this would have seemed impossible. The early 1900s were the absolute peak for Ringling Brothers, and no one imagined a future where consumers weren't standing in line to buy tickets. Candidly, I find the story to be an interesting metaphor for the United States itself. Rise from the ashes. Remarkable growth. Peak wealth and power. Bankruptcy. Growth. Negligence and incompetence. More bankruptcy. Terminal decline. And just how people viewed Ringling Brothers 100 years ago, it's difficult for anyone to imagine a world in which the United States is not the dominant superpower. Instead of the greatest show on earth, it's the greatest country on earth. Most of us have been programmed to believe that this primacy will last forever, but nothing lasts. History is full of failed dominant superpowers from the Roman Empire to the Ottoman Empire. Many no longer exist. The, their declines were almost invariably due to excessive spending, unsustainable debt, military overreach, and a society that abandoned the core values, which made it wealthy and powerful to begin with. Every successive superpower always believes that they will never suffer the same fate. And every time they're wrong, and this time it's not different. Yes, it's still a wonderful country with plenty of positive things going for it, but at its core, the United States has $20 trillion in public debt, over 100% of GDP, and an additional $46.7 trillion in net unfunded future social obligations like Social Security and Medicare. Plus, the government spends an appalling amount of money, far more than they collect in tax revenue. In 2016, their total net loss exceeded an incredible $1 trillion. Former Treasury Secretary... Treasury Secretary Larry Summers summed it up when he quipped, how long can the world's biggest borrower remain the world's biggest power? The answer is no one knows. Maybe months, maybe decades, I think maybe days. Either way, 
This trend is one of the biggest stories of our time, and though few people want to acknowledge it, it's already happening. We now regularly witness government shutdowns, debt ceiling crises, and gross government incompetence. But this is just the beginning. The national debt is growing far faster than the economy as a whole, and especially if interest rates continue to rise. The trend will accelerate. It's simple arithmetic. So while it seems impossible now, the greatest country on earth will someday have its final show as well. That doesn't mean the U.S. simply disappears, but it's foolish to assume that the insolvency of the world's largest superpower will forever be consequence-free. Let's remember that as we remember what people died for tomorrow on Memorial Day and think about this. All right, something a little lighter for you. I got a less, Rick. Tell me which article this one is on. Artificial intel takes a jump. Others' words in your mouth they can dump. It's a dangerous game. You could end up in shame like a lib speaking well of Trump. <laughs> All right, I got an irony of the week for you. You know, I sat there every time Hedica was taking the dogs out while I was typing that. It took me an hour to get those, the photos done for that. I was literally crying. And every time she walked by, I hid my face because I didn't want her to see me crying over what's happening to our nation, what's happening to the world, especially to the Christian world, when we depart from the morals and the values that we have been given by God. And we've been so blessed as no other nation on earth, and yet we have completely rejected him. I apologize for weeping in front of you again. Let's see here from Breitbart. Everybody know who Charles Barkley is, the basketball player? Charles, now imagine if a white basketball player said this. Charles Barkley, illegal immigrants are getting a bad rap. They do a lot of work black and white people don't want to do. Can you imagine? All right, one more. Weasel Zippers, de Blasio, the mayor of New York, he says it's distressing that ICE is arresting law-abiding illegal immigrants. <laughs> Such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, and Wilton, California, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is the Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week.